Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. They taught us in homiletics in, in, in Bible college that there are different kinds of sermons that you prepare and different kinds of sermons that you preach for different kinds of occasions. And uh, one of them, one of the concepts in preaching in homiletics is sometimes um, you'll prepare a sermon for the individual Christian, as was the case last Sunday morning uh, with the happy man. Um, and then sometimes you there are sermons that are corporate. They were meant to be a corporate setting to where we kind of call time out and we kind of take and go back to the playbook. And as a coach that calls time out and we have a huddle and then we kind of go, okay, now, now here's, here's the game plan of what we're trying to do. And then a lot of times you're in the middle of a situation, you're in the middle of something that you don't have time to do X's and O's. We were in a championship game in Shreveport, Louisiana, and, uh, and, and uh, Brother Londo, um, your son-in-law, Justin, uh, still remember he was, we were in the huddle, and, uh, and so we were, we were there, and, um, and then all of a sudden, uh, we did not have time to come up with a new play. I said, each of you guys know ball. You know what's going on. Here's what they're throwing at us. So I took the clipboard and I just simply said, you set a pick here, you roll here, you go there and pray it works. <laughs> and, they, and they looked at me and they were like, okay. But because they all knew ball, they, they were ball players. They just weren't, that it was in their DNA. They had played so much together that you simply gave them the concept and it worked. I was so shocked after it worked that I stepped away going, what a coach. What a coach. And then only to find out these guys were like, we already knew what to do. We just went out and did it. We really didn't need you. You know, I'm going to get out of the way this morning, and I just want to call time out as we're in the middle of this game called church. And I just want to show you conceptually the concept the, the mind of God, and then all of us just jump in and let's do it. In Acts chapter 1 and verse number 6 says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And I feel like I'm a little bit too much up here on the platform. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, this is the risen Lord now, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. 
And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall also come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Verse 12, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is called Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come, they went in into an upper room. And so now we know in verse number 14, they continued. If you go back to verse number four, is there a little bit of a, of a hollowness to y'all? Or y'all okay out there? It's me. That's not a good thing. And uh, so look at verse number four. So now we know that they continued with one accord, verse number four. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but what is the next word? Wait. If you will circle that word wait right there, that was a very intriguing word to me because the church has always been in existence for one reason, and that is to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not here to gather and then go on about our day. We're here to gather, to realize what our responsibility is, to become what we need to become in Christ so that our salt is very savory and our light is very bright. We are not here to come and gather, then retreat to a world and assimilate or fit into the world for the sake of nothing. We're here to go back to the world to be light and salt. Somebody, the last seven days, because of my life, should have seen more Jesus Christ, and they should have known that is a Christian, that is a man that's a lover of God, and somebody's life should have been changed because of my life. We are one word, and it's found there in the book of Acts, we are witnesses. Did y'all hear that? We are witnesses. Christ changed you, and now you have witnessed what Christ can do. And that's why in the book of Acts, the disciples were called witnesses. He said, you're going to be a witness unto me. The Great Commission did not change because Jesus changed his earthly body to a glorified body. The commission still stays the same. I want to come to you this morning because when I saw the word wait, that was my New Testament reading, and I, and I was intrigued by that word wait, but then my Old Testament reading was in Exodus chapter 40, and I want you to go there. In Exodus chapter 40, and I'm going to give you my title right now, and corporately, um, if, if you'll just stay with your pastor on a Sunday morning, and this is not a normal Sunday morning message, but, but corporately, I'm going to give you my, my title. Are you ready? Moving at God's speed. Moving at God's speed. Um, so he said to them, you have a daunting task. They asked the Savior, are you going to set up your kingdom now? He said, I'm not setting up my kingdom now because there still is work to be done. So what I want you to do is I want you to go straight to Acts chapter 2. That's not what he said. He said, I want you to go back and wait. Because I still have a work I need to do on you before I do a work on the lost. And so God took this church 
And God said, pull over. Put her in park because we've got an Acts chapter 2. But until before we get to Acts chapter 2, we got to deal with some things here. I found this very interesting because I was studying through the book of Exodus and I came to the last section in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Look at it. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud, look at it now, and when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel, and I want you to help me with the remaining of this, uh, this verse, and the children of Israel, read it with me, went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, taken up, then they, what's the next two words, journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This, this was simple. If the cloud was taken up, journey on, move on, go onward. But if the cloud was not taken up, journey not. Do y'all get it? So the cloud was there stay put. But once that cloud lifts, it's time to move. And this is so interesting to me because in Acts chapter 7 and verse number 37, if you'll go there real quick, because I don't want you to take my word for it, I want you to see it. In Acts chapter 7 and verse number 37, they give us insight into the correlation now between the church Jesus started on the seashores of Galilee that now existed in Acts chapter 1 that the risen Savior told the church, go and wait. And now we find in Acts chapter 7 verse 37, this is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, him shall ye hear. This is he, look at it, that was in the what, please? Church in the wilderness. So now we know according to Acts chapter 7 and verse number 38 that Moses was the leader or Moses was the pastor of this church in the wilderness. God, church, in the Old Testament was this group of people. It gives me such comfort to know that I can retreat to the Old Testament and I can find out, God, how did you lead your church coming out of Egypt until they got to the promised land? Because God, right now, we're in the wilderness. Right now, we are headed to the victorious Christian living and church, realize this, and I'm speaking to all of us corporately, Nobody's exempt from this message. God wants to move us, but God wants to move us at his speed. When we come to church with a preconceived idea of what our church should be like, then we will manipulate the church to become that. If I come with a preconceived idea of what are my brethren doing, what is the other church doing, and maybe we are not where we need to be because we're not doing what the other church does. Or I look in my rearview mirror at what 
church used to be. And I have to be very careful that I'm not moving at bomb speed, but I'm moving at God's speed. Because this church does not belong to Bob, and it doesn't belong to the Grays, and it doesn't belong to whatever your last name is or whatever your tenure is. This church was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, and this is his church. This is not my church. But most people are looking for a church that fits their idea and their speedometer rather than saying that's your church. I want to go at your speed. The church in the wilderness were given simple instructions. Simply watch the cloud. Simply watch the fire. When either one of them moved off the tabernacle, then the church was to move. The formula was simple. The cloud moved, go onward. The cloud stayed, journey not. The cloud moved, you move with it. The cloud stayed, you don't move at all. Exodus 40, verse 36, if you'll go back there, gives us these two concepts. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. The problem with not doing church this way is that modern-day Moseses try to use programs and formula to determine the next move for church rather than let God determine what the next move is. Because we were not created for our pleasure. We were created for his pleasure. And I want Emmanuel Baptist Church to be so sensitive to what God is doing. That each of us come to church knowing this, God, wherever you want to take us today is okay with me. God, wherever you want to take us today is okay with me. And church, God wants to take you someplace. I now know why this kind of sermon would not have fit a couple of weeks ago. Because if you were to ask any teenager that was at camp, we all would agree that on Thursday night, God took us someplace that we weren't expecting. God came down. And it's like that cloud hovered Monday and it hovered Tuesday. And it hovered Wednesday. And I even looked at Brother Poncho at some point and go, we're tired. I think we're all ready to go home. And it was just Wednesday. And then it was like, no, it was just the heat. No, it was just this. No, it was just that. And there were 82 of us that were just stuck underneath this cloud. The singing was good. The preaching was fair. Too inferior. (laughs) And God did some work, but all of a sudden, Thursday, that cloud picked up. Everybody responded, and God did something with our teenagers, and God moved them. This is how we want to do church. Look at verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. Exodus 40, verse 34. 
Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and look at it, and the what, please? Glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Once God fills his church with his glory, then we will be willing to go wherever he wants us to go. I found this very interesting that when a church experiences the glory of God, when we simply sit down and settle down to say this, I want to see God's glory in my life. I want to see God do something in my life. Now, right now, I'm trying to explain something to people maybe in your life. You're sitting here and you're going, Pastor, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're trying to get across. I'm just telling you this. There's a level of church that I want for Emmanuel Baptist Church. There is a level of church and meeting together that you get to experience but just a couple times in your life. But I think it can happen every time that we meet together. I don't think it has to be the abnormal or just something you talk about. I think it can be something that when you and I become very sensitive to this, God, we want to go at your speed. We want to do what you want us to do. And I have no agenda on what I think needs to happen next. God, you just make it happen next. And when that cloud moves, we're moving. But if that cloud does not fill us with his glory, and if God doesn't come down and touch our hearts, we ain't going nowhere. Say, Pastor, what are you getting geared up to get us to do? And Pastor, what are you getting geared up to really ask of us? Stop playing cynic right now because I've got no ulterior motive right now other than this. If God does not come down and fill us with his glory, if God doesn't come down and hug us from the inside, ladies and gentlemen, then we're going to be part of a boring church that has nothing to offer the second generation but a nice building, a good music program, a good children program. And there are people right now that are thirsty for God to do something. And it's not manufactured. It's real. How many's ever been in a service where God came down? How many has held every other church service to that service? Boy, I want to duplicate their music. No, I don't. Boy, I want to duplicate their building. No, I don't. Do you know what I want? I want my God to come down and make himself real every time we meet together. I want him to come down, and I want him to know we're ready for you to take us where you want us to go. Look what it says there. He filled this church with his glory. And this glory, and if we don't have the glory of God infusing us, then there will be no next for us. We are slaves to the next wow. We're slaves to the next whatever somebody says on a podcast. 
whatever somebody writes in a book or whatever the trend is or whatever the loudest voice is around us. But our desire should be this, God, I do not want to be influenced but by your glory. And if another church or another voice happens to mimic more of your glory, then I'm all in. I'm convinced when God fills this place that he in turn works in you. Well, I hope I'm making sense right now. Church, there ought to be this corporate desire that when we come, we check it all at the door and we come in like this. I want to be changed by God. Nothing else. And watch God use his instruments to change. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. If you'll turn there, we're going to look at several verses here. Acts 1, 4. He said, you wait for the promise of the Father. I'm not talking about waiting with no activity. I'm talking about where our church is at right now. Our church started in 1960. And from 1960 in Mrs. Ferguson's garage and that, that little house, that little humble abode, God has been moving the Longview Baptist Temple and God has been moving Emmanuel Baptist Church with our church name. God is the one that is moving our church where God wants our church to go. For some people... It's going at the right speed. For other people, it's not going fast enough. For other people, why are, why, why are you not going at the speed I thought you were at or think you're at? Ladies and gentlemen, let's reach up and cut all those ties and just say this, God, we want you to take our church wherever you want to take us, how fast you want to take us, and do with us whatever you want to do because there's more at stake here than just our reputation. It's your reputation on the line, and you are our God. Acts 1-4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Look at verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet. Look at verse 13. And when they were come into the upper room, they were abode. Look at verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Then look at verse 1 of chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we are not looking to duplicate the book of Acts chapter 2. We are looking to duplicate being willing for God to do something special with us. We need to have a Pentecost Sunday. No, we need to have a glory of God Sunday. Because when God reaches down, Teenager, how many would attest just by a little bit of a raise of a hand, God kind of came down and met with us on that Thursday night. Why? Because God's got to do us this at God's time and in God's way. And we have to be yielded to what the Bible has to say. Now go back to Exodus, if you will. Go back to Exodus, that very last part. 
If you'll notice in Exodus, God started to move. When God started to move, then all of a sudden, this church in the wilderness, it is no accident that what you're reading in Exodus chapter 40 is at the end of the book. Now, church, listen. This is how you can separate pseudo-moving of God, false moving of God, and true biblical moving of God. Up to this point, I have spoken the same language that non-denominational speak. But there's a false moving and a real moving of God. How do you know the difference? How you know the difference is everything that happened from Exodus chapter 1 all the way to chapter 40. You see, there are 39 chapters that have five distinct divisions. In church, we must always remember this, that I think that we have the four. I think we're not yielded to number five. You take the book of Exodus and you break it down. Exodus 1 through verse 18, you have the Exodus from Egypt. You have this picking up Egypt representing the world and saying, I want out of Egypt. I, I want away from his Pharaoh. I want away from its bondage. I want away from its task masking. And if you are a part of a church that wants nothing, if, if you've ever been a part of a church that wants nothing to do with Egypt, you are a part of a church that wants nothing to do with Egypt. Now, there may be little committees that want to go back to Egypt, but you have a pastor. And I think the majority of us want nothing to do with the garlics and the leeks and the onions and the smell of that world back there. That world back there. And for any of us to say, well, when I was a kid, and let me remind you the very first beginning of the book of Exodus, there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And there may have been pharaohs and circumstances when you were kids, sir, that it was conducive to family values. But Egypt no longer is conducive to family values. And so you're a part of a church. How do we get what happens in a church that you just saying, I want God to come completely down? It's because we have been on a journey as a church, and our church has always stood for anti-Egypt living that's Exodus 1 through 18. The second division is Exodus 19 through 25. That's the relationship with the mind of God. Now here's where you have the laws of God. Now don't check out too quick. Here's where you have the laws of God. I not only don't want what Egypt has, but boy, I want to know what God wants. Ladies and gentlemen, there has to be a sensational, insatiable desire on the inside of us to say, what, what does God think? What, what does God want? What, how does he look at it? Not the black and white of it or the black, red and white of it, but what does God's mind? God has a mind on every subject you will ever come across in this world, and a church needs to say, I don't want Egypt, and I want to know God's mind. That's why it is wrong for any preacher to stand behind this pulpit at any time, including myself, and not give you Bible and not give you what God says about it. Because we have to. 
Because we have to have what is the mind of God. The third division is found in Exodus chapter 25. There comes a dividing point to where there's a declaration of whose side a person's on. Now, now remember, at the end of the book of Exodus is where the glory of God fills the tabernacle and God starts moving his people. But at the beginning of Exodus, there had to be a coming out of Egypt. At the beginning of Exodus, there had to be the laws given. God, what do you think? And then right there in the middle of Exodus, the church is put to a worldliness and a group of people had to decide, do I want worldliness or do I want godliness? And guess what the church decided? We want godliness. We're not ready to move yet. We have to be in a condition to move. And there's a lot of people that say, well, I don't understand why I just don't get anything out of the service or the glory's not coming down. That's because you're dancing with the devil on Saturday night and trying to look like a Christian on Sunday morning. And then we have to bring things in to hype emotion. I want God's glory. I want God to do this. And the only way God is going to do this is if we are this church that mirrors this church back here in the book of Exodus. They were anti-Egypt. They had a relationship with the mind of God. They declared whose side they're on. And then chapter 26 through chapter 40, there are the details of the tabernacle and offerings. In these chapters, God told them what color, how long, what size, when, the where, the details. You know what the average believer does not want? They do not want any restraints or constrictions put on them of how they do God. Ladies and gentlemen, thou shalt not is still in the book. And you can dismiss it as Old Testament law, but it is still the mind of God on every subject. I want God's glory to be real. I want it to come down. I don't want a charismatic, a non-denominational. I don't want some pseudo thing that doesn't last and everybody goes back to being nominal instead of phenomenal for the Lord. They go back and lose their savor. Am I okay preaching this this morning? And they lose their light. They lose everything about them. I want to see a real moving of God's glory at Emmanuel Baptist Church, but it won't happen if we're in Egypt and it won't happen if we don't know his mind and it won't happen if we don't have some details about this tabernacle. This tabernacle is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Then you're in a position to be willing to have God. Go to Numbers, if you will, chapter 9. This little short couple of verses right here. And I am, I am coming to a close. I'm going to give you some time back on the clock. Go to Numbers chapter 9. Whenever I say that, it never happens. Numbers chapter 9. But I'm enjoying myself, so I think I'm just going to keep going forward. In Numbers chapter 9, verse 15, here is the explanation of the short um, four or five verses in Exodus 40. And I'm going to take time to read this, if you'll look at it. On the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the clouds, Numbers 9, 15, and on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. 
so it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was. When the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents. And according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was. When the cloud abode from even until the morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night, that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year, that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining there, the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in their tents, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord, of the commandments of the Lord, by the hand of Moses. Did y'all just read what just happened? They didn't go at any other speed, but at the speed God said. You think you've moved a lot? You think that you've only been in a house a week and pack it up, let's go. I was like, what? Excuse me? This church in the wilderness got here and they were living here for 24 hours and God said, let's go. So then they moved down here and they stayed there for a month and God said, let's go. And then they stayed one place for a year and let's go. Most church members and a lot of pastors are not good with the inconsistency of church growth. But here's the problem. God knows where he wants us at. God knows when we need to arrive and what kind of condition we need to be in. But people change churches because the church isn't going at their speed. The church is not where they, because somebody's going to ask them, tell me about your church. What's the church like that you attend? What, what, what's, you know, the church, where do you go to church at? Well, I, I, go, I go down to Emmanuel and um, pray for us because, you know, I'm just dissatisfied and, you know, pray for us. Or I go to Emmanuel. Man, it's going great. Either one of those are conditional. I can't live that way. I, I made a personal note, so I, I use Good Notes. It's a program. It's an app, and and I do all my sermons by longhand, and I and I write and I write and I draw and I and and, and in the middle of studying this several months ago, I had to stop. And here was the personal note I wrote: Dear God, I used to take offense when friends who visited would say. Emmanuel Baptist Church is not even the same church it was six weeks ago. God, our church should be moving from place to place at your speed. Our attitude should be. If this is the place we are to stay for a day or a year, I'm going to pitch my tent, I'm going to rest, and I'm going to spread the gospel. 
well, you know, I'm just not going to give my tithes and offerings because I don't think the church is where it needs to be. Well, I'm not going to invite anybody to church because I just don't think the church is where it needs to be. Y'all, please listen to what I'm about to tell you. I have to be okay with where the church is as long as we're not going back to Egypt and as long as we're just like, God, I want what you want. And as long as, God, I'm going to make sure your temple and your tabernacle is how you want it to be, this prepares for the glory of God to come down to fill us, to move us. That's what we want. I wish that I could transport everybody back to Thursday night at camp. We got the service started, and uh, they got through with the games, and it's camp. Red team won, by the way, and that's what team we were on. And, um, but we got started, and, and so the, 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 the trio was singing, and, and, and you could tell that my levity that I was getting ready to break into that is normal youth-speaking levity, it was like, if I crack a joke right now, God is going to strike me dead. And so I got up, and I said, I don't, I don't think we're ready. Let's sing again. And they started singing and just pray. And I promise you, we were in the invitation before we even got started into the service for like 30, 40 minutes. And I'm not talking about adults. Emmanuel, listen to me. Your teenagers were coming to the altar. They were coming. I'm, I'm, I'm standing there on the platform, and I'm just like, God, I don't, I don't even know where to take it from here. I don't even know what to do from here. I'm just going to pray. A young man from my left came up, and, and we started kneeling down to pray, and he was sobbing so hard that his shoulders were going. I had my arm around him, and his shoulders were just rocking. And I'm thinking to myself, this boy's going to lose it. But it was like that all over the place. And I've been in services like that. You've been in services like that. But I think the thing that made it, no, no. We're in Exodus chapter 40 right now. God is filling this glory in the hearts of these young people, not for them to sit, but for them to step. I have listed here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight young people's names listed right here. These are eight conversations, two of them are girls. The two girls was the last conversation I had Friday morning. It had so spilled over that each of these young men that are listed right there, they're, they're listed right there in the text. Each of these young men 
Here's what they said. I don't want to wait to do something for the Lord. They say we have to wait till we're 18. I don't want to wait. How old are you? 15. How old are you? 16. Friday morning I was preaching on remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil day comes not. And it's a day you say I have no pleasure. Evil there does not mean. Evil does not mean lewd, suggestive. It means you wake up one day and you look at who you are physically and you can't do. Then it starts going through about how your eyes fail and your teeth fail and your structure of your bones fail and your hearing you can't hear anymore. And now all of a sudden there are people that they physically can't do, but boy, in their heart they want to do. There's coming a day when your body won't let you do. And I was telling the teenagers, look, this is not your day. Use your strength and your will. These two young ladies came to the altar. They got done praying. And after we were getting ready to dismiss to, to go to lunch, they, they kind of grabbed me and they said, hey, Pastor, can we talk to you? And I said, sure. And they said, we don't want to wait. We have to do something now. Now. Church, when God does something here, God's getting ready to take you here. But he can't take you here until you're willing to let him do something in your life. God, what do you want? What do you want? As pastor, our teenagers right now, God is moving in their hearts. God is moving in their midst. But adults, if we don't get behind them, we're going to lose them. Because for God, for God, young man looked at me, and it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're sitting in the fellowship hall, and, and he looked at me and he said, I don't want to wait. I said, well, we talked about some different things. He goes, I've got a, a sermon in my heart that I just got to tell the teenagers. It, it was, God wants me to be a missionary. I, I know God wants me to be over here, and God wants me to do this. And I loved what one young man said. He said, I don't know where God wants me, but I know this. I got to do something. The church in the world, I don't even know if I'm making sense this morning, but I got like 13 minutes left on the clock. I will tell you and I, I don't want to attend a nominal church that we just clock in, clock out, ticket in, ticket out. No, 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 no. I, I want to be part of a church to where God starts doing something in us. And then all of a sudden, we have to take a step. God, we've got to do something. How many of I don't know, I'm just going to ask. I was a teenager in a church like this. In fact, this looks very familiar 
of the church I attended when I was a teenager. Um, but Brother Bowen, I don't know if you remember when I was 16 years of age, um, 17, you, you uh, put your finger in my chest walking out that door right over there, and, and you said, Bobby Gray, Bobby Gray, God changed my life. God changed me. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, 17, and I was like, God, God, I just want to serve you. But God, I don't even know what to do next. That was July. August, I'm coming across the parking lot and John Smith had just come to college. And John said, you're, um, you're Bobby Gray and... Yeah, became best of friends. And then he said, well, do you want to go with me on Saturday? Y'all, John Smith will never know how much I needed to put feet to what the Lord did in my heart. Church, would you let God do something in you? so that you can take a step and let God just move us. We can either sit here and complain about church, which I'm not hearing any. It's because I don't answer those phone calls. Or we can say, God, I want you to do something in here. In here. I was in a store this morning and uh, a mama was pushing ice. She goes, Pastor? And I said, Stacy. She goes, my girls are getting ready right now to go to church. And I said, uh, I know they just got saved here recently. The Lord's changed them. I said, Miss Stacy, what kind of difference? She says, you have no idea. I have to push them out of bed to go to school. I had during the school year. I have to push them out of the bed during the week. Sundays, they are up at 5 o'clock going, we're going to church, going to church. And they laid out their dresses, and right now somebody's picking them up, and I got to work. These girls are supposed to get baptized. We're waiting on Dad to get back in town, and Mom's like, something's different. A mama looked at me yesterday and said, when my son stepped through that door, something was different about my son. And all of a sudden, mom was used to, and I don't think she'll be upset with me, just kind of going. She said, my, I used to have to look at my son and go, this is what you need to do, and this is why you need to do it. She said, I looked at him and said, this is what you need to do. She said, when I started to explain, he said, mom, no explanation necessary. You told me what to do. I'll go do it. Now, y'all, you know revival's breaking out when teenagers don't need an explanation. Isn't this what we want for our church? Is, is it just me or is this what we want for our church? We want our young people to see it firsthand and experience in their heart and then be willing to say, God, wherever that cloud goes, I'm going. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, 
I'll go. And that's what we want. Everybody deserves to see God's glory on display in their hearts at least once. Church, how long has it been? Since you sat in a service, not because of who was preaching, not because of the music, that were all the tools that God used that your heart just started jumping. I believe this. I believe God is moving Emmanuel Baptist Church at the speed God wants to move her at. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.